we come to the doorstep, my beloved brothers and sisters, the doorstep of Holy and Great Lent. As many of you know, this evening we have the Vespers of Forgiveness. And it's there that the whole cosmic shift will occur. We will go from the radiant colors of the white and the gold and the beauty and the joy and all of the coverings of the altar will shift to now the Lenten purple. The clergy will wear the black and the purple. This, this kind of rhythm of the services will shift to much more reading than singing and joyous. And so I invite all of you, as many of you have already received in your inbox, the entire stack of services that we have. We will have service every single day in Lent here, so you'll be able to get into that rhythm. Today we come to the beginning of Great Lent. This morning we heard many of the hymns talk about Adam and Eve. And Adam standing outside of paradise, holding his head, thinking, what have I done that I have been evicted? I have been cast out of the garden of the kingdom of paradise. And it says, He sat outside saying, oh, woe is me, what have I done that I have messed up and lost paradise. And how did he do that? How did he lose paradise? He lost it through disobedience. God said to him, everything in this paradise is perfect. You can have of anything you wish, but don't eat from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Paradise, friends. Just one little rule. Don't disobey that rule. Don't eat from that tree. And you know the story. Eve walks over. The serpent tricks her. She eats from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And she hands it to Adam. People say it's an apple tree. There is no reference to what kind of tree this was in the Old Testament. Just FYI, if you're ever on Jeopardy. And... He also eats from the apple. And at that moment, everything changed. They look at themselves that they're naked. And they have to go find leaves and stuff to hide themselves. And God says to him, Adam, where are you? And he says, I'm here, Lord. He says, why are you hiding? Because I'm naked. Who told you you're naked? And he did what any man would do, blame his wife. She made me eat <laughs> from the apple. And therefore, they were cast out. Interestingly enough, friends, guess what book we will read from on the first day of Lent. We will read from the first chapter of this book tomorrow morning. Genesis chapter 1 Verse 1, we begin Lent with the beginning of our human race, our humanity. We begin the story right where God began it. And guess what? 
And guess who? Look up at the icon of the resurrection. It's here over this arch. Guess who are the first two people that God brings out of the tombs on the night of Pascha? Adam and Eve. You see him holding them by their wrists. That's a sign iconographically that it is not their will to be pulled. They could not pull themselves out of the kingdom, out of the tombs, but it's Christ pulling them from their wrists. Eve with the red, Adam with the white. It's a beautiful icon capturing that what is Jesus? He is the new Adam. In the hymnology and teaching of the church, sorry I'm getting a little more didactic today, but this is a very special day before Lent. Adam disobeyed and lost paradise. The new Adam, Christ, through his obedience, even unto death, even unto death on a cross, as the gospel will tell us, he reverses. Adam flew everything this way. Christ, through his obedience, even to die on the cross, shifts everything back the other way. Eve, disobedient. Who's the new Eve that was obedient? Panagia. The new Eve, what does she say? May it be done to me, Lord, according to your word. I will be fully obedient, even though I can't understand how I'm a virgin and I'm going to have a baby. Both were obedient. That's the little pre-prologue to today's sermon, just to put us a little bit in the right frame of mind. Now we come to the last gospel read right before we enter Lent. And it's Christ's teaching this time. Friends, when Christ says something in the Gospels, please, please pay extra attention because he is giving us insight exactly how to win the game. And he says three basic, three-part recipe today for Great Lent. You have the worship guide. The Lord said, if... You forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men your trespasses, their trespasses, God will not forgive you. See, forgiveness is a big theme that we talk about in Lent. <clears throat> you want God to forgive you, friends. The easiest way to do that is just forgive everyone that hurts you. And sin does what? How do, if no one ever did anything to me, I wouldn't have to forgive anyone. It's the, the hurts that we feel, the sins that occur, that create distance. You see in the case of Adam and Eve, they're disobedient, they fall into sin, and immediately a wall is built between them and God. They don't have the access that they hid. They feel shame, they feel distant, they feel naked. They need to be covered and hide themselves. That's the consequence of sin. Sin builds walls. And all of us can talk about hurt and sins that have built walls between us. How many of you have a grudge with someone? Don't look at them. That's a wall, friends. That's an unforgiving wall. And let me tell you, you have the iron curtains and these, the Great Wall of China. Those are nothing. One missile and they're gone. 
the steel, the unmovable, the unbreakable walls that we form through our grudges, let me tell you, those are much more difficult to tear down. This happens a lot of times, as you know, between spouses. The cold wall, the distant wall, between our kids, between parents. People feel guilt and they build a wall. People get disappointed with people and they build a wall and keep a distance. The only thing that can consequence and get through that wall is a true forgiveness. Today's world, it's almost like a triumph of sin. Think about it. Look at the many walls that exist in society around you. Certain people don't talk to certain people. Certain nations hate certain nations. Certain ethnicities will never mingle with another ethnicity. All of those things need the power of forgiveness to tear them down. The question is, we have built walls in our own life that we've worked on building for many decades. What are those walls that each of us have built out of our sinfulness or the hurt of other people that have caused us that, that we need to start taking down? Because this is the truth, friends. Christ said it. You will not progress if you keep those walls up. And the only torpedo that can take those walls down is, of course, forgiveness. Forgiveness rejects the hopelessness of dead ends that we find ourselves with certain people. And like Greg said to the kids, when we forgive, we become lighter. You know, I hold a grudge with somebody. They're living the dream. And I'm eating my soul out, you see? For me to let go of that means I'm cutting the cord, I'm dropping the backpack, and I'm free again. Some of you will say, Pater, there's people that I want to forgive, but they won't accept my forgiveness. They don't like me. I try to be nice and they close the door on me. I've had the same thing happen. Dax, I'm not saying you have to invite them for dinner every night. But certainly, at least in your heart, make a step and take a few bricks off that wall. And that in a moment of need, certainly, I would hope and pray none of you would say, I don't care, let them suffer. But that all of us in our hearts would be forgiving enough to say, if there was a need, I'd go and help. So that's like kind of like the first thing in the recipe of Lent. We have to become people of forgiveness. And we have to think a little bit about what are the walls we've built to keep people from us and the hurt from us. The second one is fasting. And when you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they love to disfigure their faces to show everyone that I'm fasting. Ugh. He says, you know, go comb your hair, put oil. In those days, they would put oil, oil, not hairspray. Put oil in your hair, take care of yourself, and don't let anyone know what you're doing except your father who is in secret. We're going to talk about fasting in the, year, the weeks ahead, so I'm not going to dwell on this point. And the last point, so you have forgiveness, fasting, and fortune. The Lord says, not me, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where the moth eh, and the rust can consume and take them away. 
most people spend time and energy earning and making a lot of money for this life and possibly for their retirement. Nothing bad about that. Very noble. But certainly, friends, our IRAs, which I just got one for the first time in my life, and our bank accounts and the stock markets, there is nothing in those items that have, an, have a sureness that they will stay a good investment. We can put our hopes in those things, but in a second, everything is gone. The, how many times the markets are down, people freaking out. Markets are down. Your soul is down. When you leave this earth, what investments did all of us make so God can say, good job, you got savings in my kingdom. Markets down or souls down? These worldly treasures are easily lost, friends. <clears throat> so we have to be thinking about not IRAs, individual retirement accounts, but ERAs, eternal retirement accounts. And what are we investing in those ERAs? What does that portfolio look like in our lives? I go to church on Sunday. Good. I used to tease people and say, even the devil goes to church every Sunday. Our minds wandering, are looking at that person, what they're wearing. See, he's playing games. He walks around here every Sunday. It's not enough to go to church on Sundays. If all you're doing is leaving Sunday to Sunday, imagine if you only ate food Sunday to Sunday. You'd be starving. Spiritually, what is it, Sunday to Sunday we're living? How much during the week are we investing into God so that he can change our lives? Eh? And now Lent, Christ says, this is how I want you to think. Be people that are forgiving. Even when you know you were right, nevertheless, you forgive. Fast, not only from food, because if fasting is only food, friends, it's a diet. Sorry. It has to be more than just fasting from food. Fast from the things you shouldn't be looking at on the internet. Fast from your mouth being gossipy and throwing darts at people, not even in front of them, but behind their back, which is even worse. Fast with your eyes. Fast with your ears. Fast with your mouth and what you say and you don't say. Christ tells us these. And lastly, fortune. Think, friends, where are we investing our lives? Because all of us know when I had visited Maria Mahautzis and we, I prayed there at the bedside, by the time I got down to the lobby and got into my car, Tina sent me a message and said, she just passed, Father. Literally within eight minutes, seven minutes. We don't know leaving today what is our investment in God. So. Here we go. 
we have 40 days ahead. It's actually 48 days, but I'll say 40. To do a lot of work. And it's such a blessing to be in this time of the year. We shouldn't see it as like, oh, Bali, Lent. God has told us the trick here. We can do this with his help. I can guarantee you're not going to do it alone. This is the power of our community. Some of you for the Sarandaliturgo and Christmas were here every single day. For 40 days we were praying together. You read in my Lenten letter, I think it was in there, maybe in one of the drafts, if you can't make it, we got you covered. We're praying for you, even if you can't make it to church. You should know that there's someone praying for you every day now in Lent. And the, the, the hope is that when some of us can't make it, some of the others will make it and pray for them. That's community. May God bless us. May God bless you and your beautiful families. And may we have a really glorious Lent and an even more glorious Pascha. Because this church is of the Church of the Resurrection. It ain't a St. George and St. Demetrius, no offense. This is Resurrection Church, and here we have all the power of the resurrection every day, every week. God bless you.